We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Second and seven. Jackson surveys under pressure. Throws, and it's in the back of the end zone. Hold in there by Likely. Touchdown. Boy, that rookie is having some he night. Is. He sure is. Duvernay takes it. Into the end zone he goes. Devin Duvernay running it in. And they go 83 and nine plays. And take a two-possession lead, 15 yards on the touchdown on a third and one. Well, I just think it was a team effort, you know. And you say a team effort, I would, I would kind of include the fans in that too, you know, just an all-around team effort. I mean, we had a lot of fans here. When they shouted the O to start, it sounded like a home game almost. It just seemed like today was just such a team win. It seemed like everyone had a play that affected the game, that changed the game. Coaches, like, it's just a pleasure being on this team and the way we work. And, you know, all, all season we've been talking about stacking a game, stacking a game. And I feel like once we stacked, it was going to just take off for us. And we did that today, and uh, it was great. Well, that was a tale of two halves. Somehow, the Ravens offense just flipped a switch after getting almost nowhere in the first half, and they are able to beat the Tampa Bay Bucks 27-22 in front of a national primetime audience on Amazon Prime. Bobby Trossett in here with Sarah Ellison on the Ravens vault. Bobby, that was just unreal what we just saw. I just don't understand how you can go from not moving the ball whatsoever to not being able to be stopped in that second half. They passed it 30 times, 30 times in the first half. Like, it's almost as if Greg Roman and this coaching staff were like, you know what? We got a nationally televised game. We got a national primetime audience. Like, Let's literally tear apart every single narrative about us and just try to like rewrite things in two quarters. What? That was like straight up night and day. Yeah, that was pretty wild. Uh, it was a gut check win. There's no doubt about it. They're five and three now through eight weeks of football, as you and others have noted online. Just one game now in a 23 day stretch. That is considered a mini buy. And for players like Rashad Bateman and Mark Andrews and Gus Edwards, man, that that bodes well for just their recoveries and just top down. I think this is a great opportunity to just get right physically, get right health wise, take a look at some things top down and get ready for hopefully what's going to be a second half surge with some players coming back, some players making their Ravens debuts like David Ajabo. Hopefully Tyus Bowser comes back from the Monday night football game in New Orleans. So uh, a lot of positives, but man, we got to start with specifically what the heck changed 
from one half to the other. Because, Sarah, this team ran it for 27 yards on seven carries in the first half, and then they just went to their bread and butter, and boy, did it start working and churning. 26 carries, 204 yards. They grounded and pounded in the second half, and Tampa Bay had no answer. Yeah, and Lamar went from 30 attempts to eight attempts. 30 attempts for 144 yards with no touchdowns to show for it. And then he completes all eight of his passes in the second half and has uh, two touchdown passes. So, I mean, it was just night and day. And so that's what everybody was wanting to know, like what got into the offense at sec- during the second half. And I guarantee reporters are going to be trying to, like, Track this down. There's two. There's two stories they're going to be watching you, looking for you. Watch. You watch when you read all the stories in the morning. Part of the story is going to be that Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman gave a powerful halftime speech. Isaiah likely just said that you know they were like, "You guys got this. You've got it." Harbaugh couldn't remember the words, but he says it was very impactful. So it's going to be this story of um, these two, the top two offensive weapons going down, giving a speech to these unlikely heroes in Isaiah likely who I guess should have been likely the hero the whole time and Demarcus Robinson. And let's not forget Devin Duvernay, but it was the other two that nobody was talking about heading into the game. So that's going to be part one that that speech really got him going and got these, you know, guys to kind of step up. But the second part is the, the change in the game the the play calling from Greg Roman. We've already noted it. To go from 30 passes to eight, and then to go from seven rushes to 26. I mean, it's night and day. And so Jeff Zrebeck, who was not shy during the game, tweeting about the big change, he's like, oh, it looks like somebody reminded Greg Roman that they have a run game, you know. So Jeff Zrebeck asked John Harbaugh after the game, did you talk to Greg Roman? And Johnny immediately cuts him off and he's like, no, 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 no. He goes, that was actually our game plan that with our, with our pass run ratio, it played out exactly how we wanted. Okay. So everybody's calling BS on that. I believe it, but not to the extent that it happened. Not like this 30 passes to eight passes. I don't think it was to that extent. But Bobby, and we talked about this on the pregame show, I am buying that because it was clear to me that they were saving Gus. They didn't start him like they did against the Browns. They bring out Gus right away. He has the first three carries of the first three plays of the game. This week, it was Kenyon Drake that started, and instead they were trying to feed Mark Andrews pass, 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 pass. And I even tweeted at the beginning of the game, I'm fine with them not going with Gus early because I was upset that they didn't have him late in the Browns game. So I was like, if this means he'll be available in Q4, then this is a good game plan. And I do think that's what they were going for. But as we know, Edwards ended up getting injured, and we'll talk about that more. But So I do believe John Harbaugh, to a certain extent, that that was the game plan to pass early and and run late. It just, I don't think that, uh, it got a little out of hand for me with Greg Roman in that first that first half. It was like, all right, this is your bread and butter. You can run. You can sprinkle in a little bit more than seven runs. Yeah, you, me, and everyone else were thinking, what is happening right now? You just got so happy up there. But hey, what are you going to do? And you mentioned a, an injury or two here. We might as well dive into that right now based on what John Harbaugh said post game. Again, we are taping this at 1 a.m., uh, just hours after this one uh, came to a close. So there could be changes by the time you listen to this. But basically, what we heard is 
Mark Andrews is dealing with a right shoulder injury that's not considered to be serious. Gus is dealing with a hamstring that we're going to learn more about in the coming days, but that's not uh, at least initially looked or believed to be that serious. And then Rashad Bateman retweaked that sprained foot that's kept him out since the Buffalo game. So again, it doesn't, as of right now, I'm knocking on wood here. Things can change, obviously, but it doesn't look like, it looks like they're out, they're in the clear when it comes to season ending injuries. And and so now, like I said, that's why, that's where that really, that, that mini buy becomes uh, pivotal. So, so valuable. I, the one that makes me the most nervous because they were, the broadcast was actually good at getting some of the replays with where they got hurt, like the way Mark fell on his shoulder. And then watching Gus's injury, I got super nervous and was surprised that it was that it was a hamstring because to me it looked like he just kind of like, uh, you know, hyperextended his knee like when he went to slow down on that 22-yard run. I mean, it was a gorgeous run. And then you could tell he was angry. Like when he was down, he kind of like, you know, slammed the ball down a little bit. Like, you know, not not too emphatically. Gus Gus is a pretty even kill guy. But um, if it's really a hamstring, that's all it is. And as long as it's not a tear, a, a torn hamstring, then yeah, that that can be come back from. I just want to make sure by Monday when Harbaugh speaks, usually at three ish, I, I want to make sure that it was not his knee and that it was indeed his hamstring. And if it is his hamstring, not a, not a tear. Like to me, Gus bus has brought this run game back to life. There were so many runs tonight. The one Bobby where the handoff is in the backfield in the first half. And it's like within the five yards. And I thought he was going to get smashed back there. And they're going to lose yards, like at least five. And then somehow he turns that into a first down. The one where he got hurt, he had 22 yards. I mean, there were so many times where he got hit on initial contact and then just kept going. And it just is like, that's why we call him the bus. These plays right here, that's why we call him the bus. He's such a good compliment to the Justice Hill and Kenyon Drake. And and it just works. So we got to make sure he's healthy. You're right. He just bounces off tackles. He doesn't take no for an answer. And the offense just looks so rejuvenated, so revitalized with him out there. The yards after contact, just the, the punishing force at which he runs with. 11 carries, 65 yards, averaged 5.9, a long of 22, as you mentioned there. And uh, hopefully, hopefully for Gus's sake, he will be available for Monday Night Football in New Orleans. And these guys can treat this mini buy uh, and, and, and use it to their advantage. Well, in the meantime, Bobby, let's talk about the guys that stepped up. I mean, how about preseason Isaiah Likely and also preseason Demarcus Robinson because he was good in his first preseason game with the Ravens when he was first signed. Isaiah, the fact that he rose to the occasion uh, both before and after Mark had to leave the game with that right shoulder injury, it just speaks to why we know it's only a matter of time with him. We saw it to your point over the summer and it's just taken some time. And what's great about Isaiah is that as, as great and explosive and, and as efficient and productive as he was in the past game, Sarah, I saw him out there getting involved in some key blocks too in space. And that was the one knock on him during preseason. Remember Rod Woodson was talking about it during the, yeah, the WBAL right. game saying, Hey, he's got to kind of figure out his technique. You know, it's, it's, it's with his hands. Well, it sure looks like he's making those adjustments 
in season on the fly. And we know his best trait, much like Mark, is the ability to get those yak yards to improvise on that touchdown. We talked about this on our post game live stream on YouTube that we just finished up. He was not Lamar's first read on that touchdown. It was, I believe, Prochet. And then Duvernay was read number two. And then who's hanging out in the back of the end zone, just fighting his teeth and tooth and nail to try and get open. It's Isaiah likely. And, um, I thought he was super impressive. Six receptions, 77 yards, a touchdown. He was targeted seven times, and he looked the part without 89 out there. What I loved is in this uh, in the post-game broadcast for the Amazon Prime was interviewing uh, Lamar Jackson. Oh, what's his name? What's the the uh, the former quarterback with the beard that um, Fitzy Fitzy played? Fitzy, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I like him as an analyst, by the way, because he's just so raw. But anyway. He's like, obviously he hasn't been following the Ravens like the rest of us. He's like, did you guys see something in practice that may indicate that likely could break out like this? And all of Baltimore is like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. We've seen it in training camp. We saw it in the preseason. So Lamar Jackson was literally like, heck, yes, we have. He's like, that's why I've been calling him Baby Mark. And and what's nice about, like, the Baby Mark part of it is, like, it, it's it's – Lamar just has so much trust in Mark Andrews because Mark just knows how to make himself a target for Lamar. And what a comfort that's got to be for a quarterback who's like running for his life, right? With these massive defensive linemen and linebackers coming down at you. And it's like, you know, at times Lamar almost goes to to Mark too much. So it was nice to see that he went to other targets tonight uh, but to his credit, he did last week against the Browns too. Like we said, Mark only had zero had zero catches. Um, but but that's what you love to see. You want to see another weapon say, "I got you, Lamar." And in that moment when Lamar is running and he's and he's you know got to throw it up that he's going to trust a rookie like that. And so can we finally can we finally when Mark Andrews does get healthy, hopefully it's within these next. What do we say? 23 days where we only have one game. Can we finally get back to that 2019 mold where where Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst were two legit tight end passing threats like this? It just has taken a while for I feel like Isaiah likely in that first game really wasn't stepping up. And and it was just like, ah, he's lost that preseason mojo. He's got to carry it over. Well, now he's there. So when they're both healthy, let's use both of them, along with Duvernay, along with Robinson. Like, let's make this a multi, a multi-weapon offense that isn't just Mark Andrews, Mark Andrews, Mark Andrews. I love that. And I'm going back to some texts that I sent you in the first half, and you got me thinking. Like, you said that there's so much trust between Lamar and Mark, and sometimes almost to a fault of Lamar's. I texted you at 8:24 p.m. first quarter. They are so one-dimensional it hurts because he wasn't even looking for wide receivers and if he was it was a quick glance and then forcing something to mark and it was just so painful to watch and that was what was so frustrating yeah. about how th- they were so pass attack heavy when it just wasn't working. It wasn't, there was no rhythm or flow and they, and they didn't have Tampa on its heels at all. And that's what was so, such a welcome sight to see 
the way they changed the game plan and they made those adjustments in the second half because all of a sudden, once Gus Bus started rolling and Justice was hitting the holes and Kenyon was even uh, impactful out there as well, that opened up the passing attack. That opened up Isaiah Likely uh, across the middle and in different yardage situations. And then Duvernay in motion and slants to... Uh, Demarcus Robinson, and there you have it. So it's it's crazy. Right. So it's, it's, it's a wild turnaround. Right, and that's the vision of the offense. That second half is the vision of the offense where it's like you're set up by the run, and then it's not that you have the deadliest passing attack or that you have the most yards, but that you have an efficient passing attack. And and so when you go, when Lamar goes eight for eight in the second half and, and has two touchdown passes on those – Two touchdown passes on eight attempts, that's what you're talking about, efficiency. And so this this passing game was never set up to be a big volume, which everybody's been so frustrated about. And I get it. I Like this offense has been so frustrating. But if they can keep capturing this, that is the vision, is to just become this efficient passing game off of a dominant run game. That's the whole point of it. All right, let's let's flip it. Let's go over to um wait, before we flip it and go over to defense. One thing we haven't talked about here. We've only talked about it on our on our live pre uh post game show. Lamar Jackson going and getting that sign from a fan and held it up for the cameras to see saying pay number 8. What are your thoughts on that, Bobby? That's just one of the all-time photos that was it was like a screen grab that was captured on Amazon Prime. Somebody just like took a screenshot of their iPad or whatever. I think we're going to be looking at that photo for years to come and hopefully it's looking back at it like, "Oh man, you remember when we really thought that Lamar was going to they were going to let him walk, right? Who knows if this thing gets right. done in season? Who knows if it happens after a year of franchise tag? But I hope I hope that Steve Bashotti and the Ravens are, are are on the same page and 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 understand that this guy is one of one in a lot of ways and has he struggled in recent weeks yes but he put the team on his back in that second half turned this thing around was pressing the right buttons extremely explosive avoided so many different sacks and uh, had one of his classic all-time halves of football that put this team in a position to win is easily the best half of offense this season and maybe of the last several seasons going back to, to 2019. I'd have to go back and look, but it, it was it was beautiful. And, you know, I'll just say this. Lamar, throw up the sign, do it all day long. Get the leverage wherever you can. Get the leverage wherever you can. From me, just, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't, after his bad games, say, okay, he's not deserving of the contract. And we did a couple episodes on that, Ryan Clark and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm also not going to be like, I'm also not going to be, okay, yeah, he deserves everything after this game. If they're not going to, if they're not going to do the contract this season, then, you know, let's reevaluate it after the season. But I'm just not going to go up and down. I think he's deserving of a contract and, and we'll see by the end, but I'm, you know, throw up your sign. Get your leverage, get your money, Lamar. I thought that was, I think you're right. I think it's going to be one of those all time, whether he stays with the Ravens or not, it's going to be looked back on. Absolutely. And, but hopefully, yeah. it, hopefully it's what you just said. And it's just like, oh, remember when we were worried it wasn't going to happen? And it did rather than, <sighs> oh, remember when he said to pay him and, and Baltimore didn't, he went on somewhere else, you know, hopefully it's, it's the floor. Right. Yeah. And let's just be super clear too. Like he was just in case folks aren't familiar with this post that we're talking about, it's, it's kind of viral on Twitter right now, but he was just walking 
out of the stadium, out of Raymond James, off the field, in the locker room, and a fan threw him that sign. And I believe he actually autographed it and gave it back to him. And he was just holding it up at that point in time because he probably thought it was funny and he was having a, I mean, you know, adrenaline is a funny thing. So (laughs) he was probably just fired up about the win and whatnot. Hey, before we switch sides to the defense as well, we probably got to give some love to the big boys up front and specifically Tyler Linderbaum, man. He's viral (laughs) right now on Twitter because of what he did to Devin White, literally pancaked him and drove him for like 15 to 20 yards. And uh, I believe that was on the, one of the Gus Edwards plays. He may have had multiple pancakes, but thought the guys up front played, played pretty solid football. And Lamar was on the run a little bit there and, and did his dance. And, and he was sacked three times. And he would he just did his incredible dances in, in some sequences. But a uh, solid play from those guys tonight. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm literally rewatching it because I just retweeted it. I'm rewatching it. I'm not joking. That's 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 yards. He pushed Devin White back. I'm not joking. That was 25. Like, he just... He just wants contact. He just wants it. And he's always looking for work. And I love that about offensive linemen. Just keep looking for work. And that's just what he does. He's constantly throwing his body in. And there's, there is, there's always like one broadcast replay though, of where he gets beat by a massive defensive tackle, but it's not all game. It's not like 98% of what he does in the game is more like what I just watched again, where he's just driving linebackers, where he's driving, where he helps, he helps one defensive, you know, one offensive guard with their guy. Once he's knocked them off, he he goes to the second level and keeps going. I mean, he just, he's a rookie and he's just going to keep going. And again, I know we keep saying we're going to go to the defense. One last thing. Lamar Jackson is 2-0 against Tom Brady. Um, he was asked about it after the game. Played it cool because he had already gotten out, you know, his excitement with the sign, you know, that we were talking about. And I just loved it. They were like, you are 2-0 and against the GOAT. How does that feel? It's all right. That's all right. That's it. You're 2-0 and against the GOAT. 
Yeah, that's right. It's all right. And then so Fitzy is like, just another win, right, Lamar? He's like, yeah, yeah, just another win. And that's just that's just been him this year. He's never getting too high. He's never getting too low. He's taking it one game at a time because he's got his eyes on the prize and it's beyond the regular season. I already beat the GOAT once in the regular season. I got bigger things ahead. So I, I love that he wasn't getting goaded, <laughs> goaded, getting baited into that, that GOAT question. I do as well. All right, for real All this right. time. The defense, the yep. defense, for real this Let's time. Okay, we've talked, about, we've talked about the offense flipping a switch, but the defense actually flipped the switch after the first quarter, giving up 10 points and then five punts in a row. Yeah, I thought it was just another impressive overall performance. Did they let off? Did they take their foot off the gas pedal a little bit there in the fourth quarter? Sure. And were they a little suspect to start? Yeah. But hey, again, an, another week where they're allowing less than 25 total points. And that's going to win you a lot of games with this offense. If this offense is is firing at all cylinders the way it was in the second half. So, yeah, I mean, we can talk about some individual performances. I know that Mike McDonald received a game ball as the defensive coordinator, which is great because it wasn't all that long ago that Rex Ryan was making national headlines, essentially calling him a hotshot coordinator and terrible and taking direct aim at him. So uh, a great, you know, another reminder, it's a week to week league in the NFL and Mike's learning on the fly here as a first year coordinator. But let's start with the big man up front. Who's what in his 12th season, Justin Houston, turning back the clock, a multi-sack night. He was relentless on the edge. He looked like he was having fun out there smiling and, Man, Justin Matabike played some great ball as well. And we talked about this in the game preview, Sarah, that this game could be won or lost there in the trenches when it came to the interior offensive line play that Tampa has has put out on tape this year. It's been a struggle. There's been sort of a revolving door there at guard, back up center because of Ryan Jensen being down, the former Raven. And as we suspected, the Ravens were able to impose their will for stretches, for stretches, not the entire four quarters there, but it was some solid play. And we got to give some love as well to Broderick Washington, who tipped three, three of Tom Brady's passes. Good for Broderick Washington. All right. So one thing that you had said, I need to go look this up because you're right. How many games in a row? Has it been about 20 points? Uh, so they have 22 here. It was around 20 against the Browns, right? Not a lot to the Giants. So you're right. So I'm very curious because right now the Ravens defense or heading into this game, the Ravens were ranked 21st in points allowed per game. And I wonder how much of that was like that Miami game where it just totally yes, skews. Since the Miami game, they have not allowed more than 25 points. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. More than, but, more than 24 points. They, they allowed 24 to the Giants. That's, I mean, listen, that's, that's enough to win. That's enough to win every week. When you, if the offense... I mean, the offense isn't going to be this this good in the second half all the time. I mean, to go four straight where you're scoring four times and three of those are touchdowns. But the offense should be able to score more than 22 points every week. Every week. And Agreed. 20 Or Agreed. even more than 24, 24 points. So, so, yeah, I wonder where they rank from, from, from week three on. Um, they've gotten better. However, Bobby, two, two, two things. Number one, missed turnovers. 
that could have even been a bigger blowout. Marcus Peters doesn't usually miss those. Missed the 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 pick that hit off his the front chest shoulder pads. Uh, and then Chuck Clark. Oh, Chuck Clark. He also so both of those in the end zone basically. Um, either would have prevented, I can't remember each one, what they led to, but either prevented, it could have either prevented a touchdown or a field goal and then, you know, go the other way. So Marlon Humphrey the Ravens won his bread basket. And Marlon Humphrey m- missed one. And so like the Ravens outside of Justice Hill, they the Ravens had the longest streak of, of consecutive games with turnovers, but I'm wondering if it was defense only. Let's see if this Justice Hill one counts in the in that in that streak because i couldn't remember if it was defense uh only or if i think gonna, it does count special teams you i think, think it, it counts does because teams? amazon okay yeah amazon was showing a graphic that the 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 teams with the most takeaways so far entering this week were, were baltimore and philadelphia and i guess they entered the eve the the evening with 14 total takeaways and it showed baltimore with 15 so it looks like justice was credited. okay Oh, good, good, good. So they, they keep that alive, but they definitely missed some other opportunities there as well as they played. That I can get over. What I can't get over, and is I'm gonna I'm gonna keep them, you know, gonna keep on them about this, is the fourth quarter came around, and it was better because they weren't giving up like five touchdowns like they did against Miami. But Tampa Bay had three offensive possessions in the fourth quarter, and they scored in all three: field goal, field goal, yeah. touchdown. Now. Yep. Hey, they they came up big in the red zone on those two field goals, so you got to give them credit there. But then the the touchdown at the end, it's like, can we just close this out, you know? And they obviously went to like this prevent defense, which I always hate. I always, always, always hate it. I mean, don't let the ball go over your head, but my goodness, ugh, it just it just feels like so much sometimes. But it, I just feel like all coaches do it, all defensive coordinators do it, and. um but they just couldn't close it. Just finish it, you know, just finish it. Now they did prevent the, the two point conversion. So that was nice, but, but I, I just wanted to see them close it out, but look, I'm happy. It's baby steps. It's baby steps to getting there, you know, to hold it to two field goals in those first two. And then the, the last touchdown really didn't mean much. So, but, but that's the whole point for the whole team, right? It's fourth quarter. What are you doing in the fourth quarter? The offense in the fourth quarter got a touchdown and a field goal, but then the defense gave up two fields and a touchdown. So they still have to pro- improve there. But holy moly, five forced punts in a row. You've got to give them props for that. Absolutely. And a couple other individual notes. We mentioned this in our post-game live stream. If you haven't uh, checked that out yet, please consider doing so. We're doing those on a weekly basis as well on the Ravens Vault YouTube page. But Justin Houston allowed Tom Brady to become the most sacked quarterback in NFL history, surpassing Ben Roethlisberger, former Steelers QB. And then Geno Stone, since stepping up for Marcus Williams, who dislocated his wrist a couple weeks back, thought he's been playing some good intuitive football for only being really kind of a newly minted safety in this league so I don't know how by the way he wasn't called for a late hit there on Brady in one of those situations (laughs) like he literally dove over him which was super close and great restraint by the officiating right see we can give the officials some some love as well they were a non-factor tonight and they deserve some credit for not uh blowing their whistles in that moment how about that they were a non-factor I'm sure if I'm well I have to be honest, there are a couple times where I thought for sure they're going to be throwing flags for, for Tom Brady, and they didn't. 
um, which, you know, I was I was happy to see. And then also on Geno Stone, I'm trying to remember when it was, but it looked like they were the Bucks were about to convert a, a first down and um, Geno just hit the receiver as soon as he as the as the ball came to him and knocked the ball loose to force a punt. So um, that one, I thought he really stepped up. I think I think what you're just missing with with Marcus Williams is these interceptions. But Geno Stone has been all over the field, all over the field. He, I don't know that he's got quite the anticipation or speed of Marcus Williams, but he's playing really, really well. Talk about, we've been talking about Isaiah Likely and Demarcus Robinson stepping up for injured players, but yeah, Geno Stone looks really good tonight. Marcus Peters, we talked about him in our pregame show, still not 100%. We talked about the dropped interception in the end zone, or at least at the one-yard line. He also had another holding call. Seemed like he had one, maybe two against the Browns last week. So he's still, you know, he still seems to be coming back either from the ACL or he's been dealing with a quad and all that, but he's not quite himself yet. Still, still a really good corner. Still glad to have him out there, but, uh, you know, he'll benefit from uh, all this rest. And then uh, you had mentioned Justin Houston, I mean, he got two sacks tonight. He's at least at five for the season. He was the guy that will go down as officially making Tom Brady the most sacked quarterback in history. So, um, you know, he said he'll take that. Didn't, you know, take too much pride in it. But he is. He's playing like he's got the fountain of youth. And and this is what I like is, is man, you'd got to think that Bowser, maybe Ojaba will be, be back against the Saints. Cause that's not that's a Monday night game, right, Bobby? Monday night. It's a Monday night game, really going- and it's also like we're now at the tail end for these guys in terms of their 21 day activation window. So you'd like to think that prime time under the lights get these guys one making his Ravens debut in a Jabos case, and the other making his season debut in one of the best outside linebackers in the league. You know, in Bowser's case. Yeah, it'll be it'll be so good because. You, you probably noticed this during the broadcast tonight, right? Like there was one point where Justice Hill came in. It was fourth quarter and he hadn't been doing a lot of running. The D- Bucks defensive line was clearly exhausted and Justice Hill just had the freshest legs. And I think he picked yeah. up, uh, look at this. Where did it go? Hill. I think he picked up 12 yards on it in a first down. It was just like, he just seemed so fresh. That's what we could potentially get at outside linebacker. Because Justin Houston, with JPP there, has been able to be rotated in Odafi Owe and then Harrison. They've been able to rotate him more. And so then you bring back these other guys. You're going to be having these fresh legs in Justin Houston, Odafi Owe, JPP, who you can just say, pin your ears back and go get the quarterback. And by the time the third and fourth quarter come around, then these tackles have been playing, you know, 50 snaps already. And it's like, then you've got these guys who are dividing it up and will just feel feel like they've got everything. And so have so much juice. And that's the way Justin Houston looked. He just looked so strong tonight. So strong. I'm so happy for him with that coming back after that growing injury. All right, partner. Well, it is officially 1.30 a.m. on Friday morning. So we're going to wrap this up so we can... Bobby, who's awesome, he's the one who edits this thing and gets it up. So uh, we'll get... This wrapped up so you can get to that and get it posted so that when most people start their commute, they'll have it there 
at what, 5 a.m., something like that. So, um, Bobby, any last thoughts before we close this up? I do. Yeah. And it's humorous. I think this is a good way to end. So obviously Justin Tucker made his impact tonight and we haven't even mentioned it just because he's such a mainstay. Uh, but as you tweeted out, he set a new Ravens franchise record for most extra points made. He's got 404 yeah. in his career, surpassing the great Matt Stover prior to that. And then he's now connected on 63, count them, 63 consecutive fourth quarter and overtime field goal attempts and 78 consecutive second half or overtime field goal attempts without a miss. I mean, it's just both figures as you've, Noted on Twitter, marked the longest streaks in NFL history. And he's just, this is where I'm going with this. So I, I put up a Facebook post and I referred to him. I wanted to call him the greatest weapon in football, but that wouldn't be true, right? That'd be like Tyreek or Justin Jefferson or Diggs or Devante or any of these guys. So I decided to put instead in parentheses, non-skill which you and I both know in football terms means not any of these guys, these gadget guys that I just mentioned, these all, these all pro mm. playmakers. Well, people took it literally as if to say that I said, Justin doesn't have any skill. So with that, we'll close it down. I'm getting case uh, oh right gosh. now. By that. Come on, man. Is it like, can people not, Everything is just so extreme. I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. Well, and here's a little laugh. I just saw a tweet. You know that that meme that goes around where a guy's walking with his girlfriend and then he looks back at the other girl who who just walked past them and he's like, "Ooh, you know." Yeah, and then yeah. people always put oh, people always put photoshopped images over those three. Well, tonight the guy saying "Ooh" and looking back that is Lamar Jackson, and he's looking back at Isaiah Likely, and it's Mark Andrews being like, oh, what are you doing? What are you looking at? Oh, that's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But as I said earlier, it's not going to be that way. It's going to be – it's no, it's going to be back to 2019 where both Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst, you know, were two legitimate tight end threats. That's where it's going to be. Isaiah Likely and Mark Andrews are going to start, you know, coming out together. There's no jealousy yeah, and- here. Come on now. Right. Yeah. It was great to see the support, the sideline, the support when Mark clearly was ruled out and he came out with a hoodie on. He was right there after Isaiah scored his first career touchdown. And that's just who he is. He's just the consummate professional, a heck of a teammate. And we know what he's like uh, on the gridiron. So that was great to see. And hopefully, 100%. like we talked about, you know, this mini buy, hopefully this mini buy for Mark uh, does him well physically and he can get because remember, he he's not only dealing with that shoulder now, but he was held out all week long leading up to this. Uh, not all week long, all week short, really, um, with that knee injury. So anyway, that's all I have. I'll let you close this out. But my only thing is just to let everybody know, a reminder that if, if you're looking for something a little bit more spicy than audio only, we are now creating daily content on YouTube, as you've probably heard us talk about. So please share our stuff with a friend if you're enjoying it. Hit us up via email at BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com with your thoughts. We're trying to get to more of those. Admittedly, we need to be better about that. We will be. Uh, but again, every single week, we are offering post-game shows, live streams on our uh, Ravens Vault only YouTube page. So it's been a, been a great day. 
definitely a late night partner, but always good to talk Ravens football yeah. after a win. So thank you. Yeah, and we'll we're the Ravens will probably take a couple days off and we will follow them unless there's some sort of big breaking news. Our next morning vote will come Monday morning and we'll get back it back at it, but we will let this live for a minute. So with that, the Ravens are in pretty good position now at five and three. Some rest coming up. Again, beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady, 27-22. Get a chance to get healthy. Thank you so much for spending the night with us, whether you were with us with the pregame, postgame, or this instant reaction. We very much appreciate your support. And as always, thank you for listening to the Ravens Vault. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.